Life Audio. Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you check out our community group. Just look for a Daily Bible Podcast. But also, Michelle, Merry Christmas Eve. I love the fact that we're spending today in the book of John. Mm-hmm. First John. This year, we've given ourselves the greatest gift, which is the word of God. And yes. through the word of God, we've come to know the word of God, like mm-hmm. the W, capital W, word of God, Jesus. Yeah. And remember back in the beginning of the New Testament, John started his first book in the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was mm-hmm. God. So in this quiet or maybe noisy, who knows, Christmas Eve that you're having, we can remember that Jesus Christ is the word. He is God yes. and he was with God from the beginning. This eternal word, God's essence became flesh and dwelt among us. And so this seems perfect that we're back with John again. So as we contemplate the incarnation on this special day, as we're celebrating Jesus's birth, the divine word became that fragile baby in a manger. The word of God became flesh. So today as you're gathering with loved ones, maybe you're lighting candles or singing carols. Let's think about this moment in history when the word, the light of the world came to save us from sin. And now we're getting into first John. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting. Okay. So today we are reading 1 John 1, 1 John 2, 1 John 3, and the first six verses of 1 John 4. So like I was mentioning before, 1 John 1 begins with Apostle John emphasizing the reality and the truth of Jesus Christ, who was both fully divine and fully mm-hmm. human. So John was an eyewitness to Jesus's ministry, and he shares this message with the readers to establish a foundation for his teachings. He emphasizes the importance of fellowship with God and one another, and he states that God is light and there is no darkness in him, and he encourages believers to walk in the light, confess their sins, and receive forgiveness, emphasizing the cleansing power of Christ's blood. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth, he says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Just that confession changes everything. And then in First John 2, John continues to address his readers, reminding them of the importance of keeping God's commandments and living in the light. He emphasizes that love for God is demonstrated through obedience to his commandments. And John also highlights the distinction between those who claim to be followers of Christ, but do not obey his commands with those who truly walk in his light. He speaks of the importance of not loving the world or the things of the world as they are temporary and contrary to God's will. And then John addresses different stages of spiritual maturity among believers, kind of like Peter just did too, Mm -hmm. um, referring to children, young men, and fathers in the faith. He encourages them to remain steadfast in their knowledge of Christ and warns against false 
teaching and Antichrist, also just like Peter was just doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, this underscores the significance of abiding in Christ, living obediently, and rejecting worldly influences as believers seek to grow in their relationship with God. And then he ends with this, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. You know, I just, just as, as I'm hearing you talk about the fact that John was his words, we just heard from, from Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and when we were in Peter, we were like, we just heard these words from Paul. It, these are the same words, like these same teachings, mm-hmm. these same warnings, these same instructions, they've been going around and around and each writer comes at them from a slightly different angle. And it's basically to say, hey, this is what's up. There's nothing new under the sun. No, nope. <laughs> This is the way we need to live. Okay. So first John three, D- I don't know if you remember this little song. Behold that man of love the father has given unto us. That yes. we should be I'll called, be called the, sons the sons of God. God. Yep. And then there's that little round that goes with mm-hmm. it, and you know, and little kids sing it, and all their parents think they're just adorable. Um, but it's so true. Those songs that we sing when we're little, they just continually bubble up in our hearts. And and it's not just about singing the songs, it's about singing the truths of God's word and remembering that. He loved us enough to call us his children. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not, we're his children. We're not just his, we're his children. And, and he's calling us to live as his children. From EnduringWord.com, the greatness, the greatness of this love is shown in that by it, we are called children of God. As God looked down on lost humanity, he might have merely had charitable compassion, or maybe a pity on our plight, both in this life and on eternity. But with a mere pity, he might have set forth a plan of salvation where man could be saved from hell. But God went far beyond that to call us children of God. And so because we are children of God, the worldly people that give in to their sin won't be recognized by us. Because they can't recognize God and God will be in us because we are children of God. And the sin they commit is against God's law. And Christ came to take away sins, but they cannot understand that. And so children of God, if you're truly a children, uh, if you're truly a child of God, don't let anyone deceive you. You can not make it a practice of sinning because the Holy Spirit is in you. So stay away from sin. Be strong. Stay away from sin. The Holy Spirit is in you and will help you. So love one another. We see this as a common theme in these later epistles. Even as we turn to the pages in Revelation, there seems to be this problem of loving each other well. So hence the constant reminder. And then we see, again, a warning of false prophets. How many different angles, like I said before, how many different angles can the authors of these words take this warning? And well, think about it. False prophets have been around for a long, long, long time. And 
And this has always been a problem. This will always be a problem until heaven. So beware, be on guard, proclaim that Jesus is real. The spirit lives in you, which means that you have a greater spirit than the spirit that is in the world. We belong to God. Remember, we are his children. So we listen to him. But also notice we see the term Antichrist that has popped up now in 1 John. It's the first time in the Bible that we come to this term. And um, to deny the true Christ is the basis of the spirit Mm. of the Antichrist, which John has already mentioned in 1 John 2. It is the spirit which both opposes the true Jesus and offers a substitute Jesus. The devil doesn't care at all if you know Jesus or love Jesus, or pray to Jesus, as long as it is a false Jesus, a make-believe Jesus, a Jesus who is not there and who therefore cannot save. And so John tells his audience, beware, beware. These people that worship a false Jesus, they don't know God. They don't belong to him. We belong to God. So we need to listen to him. We need to listen to his Holy Spirit that is inside of us. Do not be deceived. Know the real Jesus. It's this really stood out to me when you were just saying this, because it's like we, they were, we are looking to a substitute for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like we say we know Jesus, but is it a make-believe Jesus? Is the real Jesus? Like, I got a new SUV, bless, Jesus bless me. It's like, is that really Jesus giving you a new car? Like, I don't know. We just kind of substitute our idea of Jesus. Like, especially in the South, there's a lot of blessed or I'm so blessed or bless her heart. I don't know. That's not a good thing. Bless your heart. But um, like, it's the substitute Jesus. Like, oh, look at all this good stuff I have. So Jesus is blessing me. Mm-hmm. Even the Bible going, hmm, is that the real Jesus? I don't know. I mean, well, and and that's a really good point, Trisha, because is that our way of twisting things, mm-hmm. or is that somebody else's way of twisting things that has got into our head, and so we're we're starting to, I don't want to say we're falling for that, but we definitely are listening to that. Yeah, I mean, Jesus does bless us but I think if we're not in God's word and we're just like seeking the good things of life and then when we get them we say it's Jesus blessing us it doesn't seem like those things really fit together yeah true that's something good to think about Mm -hmm. okay well we need to take a break hear from our sponsor but when we come back we'll have the word of the day stay tuned The word of the day is incarnation. So incarnation is kind of a big word, Mm -hmm. but it's the central Christian doctrine that God became flesh, that God assumed human nature and became a man in the form of Jesus Christ, the son of God and the second person of the Trinity. So incarnation is like what Christmas Eve is about. Jesus is born. So the incarnation is not just the story we would call it Christmas. It really should be a reality that shapes our daily lives. It's an invitation to walk as Jesus walked, to love as he loved, and to discern truth from falsehood in a world of competing voices. Just think of how many voices we hear in a day through television and radio and social media. There's so many voices, but incarnation means that God is not a 
distant deity, but a personal loving presence. He came Mm. to earth for us, for this gift for us that we're celebrating today and tomorrow and hopefully every day to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, We have heard and we have seen this word of life and God's closeness is evident in Christ and we can experience his presence daily. So in 1 John 2, 6, we find our call to live in the footsteps of the incarnate one. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I just, that's the simplest, easiest verse. Like it is those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so good. Um, The incarnation is not just a historical event. It's a call to action. So let's ask ourselves, how can I walk in his ways today? How can I manifest his love and grace to those around me? Um, It seems like on Christmas Eve and Christmas, we should be thinking about this even more. And then the heart of incarnation is expressed in 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And so this challenges us to love sacrificially. Mm-hmm. Christmas is not just about receiving gifts, but also about giving just as Christ gave himself for us. How can we extend the sacrificial love to others, especially during the season? And so in a world with all these competing voices and falsehood, First John 4 reminds us to anchor our discernment in truth of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. The word made flesh is our standard of truth. It's important to test every message and spirit against the life and teachings of Jesus. Like he's the standard. We hold everything up and compare it to him. And first John four, four says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So what a gift. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Incarnation is just not a one-time event but an ongoing reality in the in the life of every believer. And I just hope that this holiday we may embrace the power of God's presence in our lives and reflect his love, his truth, and his grace to a world in need. Mm. And you know, you said it was a call to action. like, And it is. It's a call to action for us to believe. Mm-hmm. But it was also a call to action for God because the incarnation um, was God's ultimate act of rescuing us. Mm-hmm. I mean, think through all that we have learned this year. Think through all that we've read. Think through the story of all that God did for this per- perfect rescue plan. God did the impossible, but he did it because He it was the only way that could mm-hmm. bring forth our salvation in a perfect way. Jesus received full human nature from Mary, and this was added to his already divine, perfect nature, being fully God. In the incarnation, we see God's unchanging character, his love, his perfect knowledge, and the joy, the joy that he got in rescuing his people, in rescuing his children. Like, the incarnation is is such my mind right now, just with some things that are going on personally for me, my mind just seems to be blown all the time Mm -hmm. and it can't take in any more, (laughs) any more knowledge of anything. But so the incarnation is such a, 
a big word and it's such a big concept. It's a hard concept. In some ways, it's so simple. In other ways, it's such a hard concept to grasp. But yet, it puts God on display on just the bigness, the vastness, and just who he is, that he could be like, okay, let's put this and this together. And boom, this is what's going to be the perfect plan to rescue my people. It just, yeah, the incarnation is is the ultimate act of rescuing us. And it is an amazing act. And it is for the whole world. Like that baby in that manger in Bethlehem was for the whole world. And it makes me think of, you know, just like as an adult, Jesus called a fisherman, like the first ones that heard about it were those shepherds. Mm-hmm. Like out of all the people in the world, they were just out there. They were like, look down on society. And those are the ones who heard the good news. It's like, God just had to tell somebody, like I got to tell somebody what is happening tonight. And he just chose some shepherds. And it's, it's such a gift. It reminds me in the Czech Republic where my daughter, uh, Leslie and son-in-law, son-in-law Hansa and our two grandchildren live. Um, baby Jesus delivers the presents. So, you know, in the United States, we have Santa or Santa comes and comes in the chimney. Baby Jesus delivers presents, which is funny because less than 1% of the people in the country are Christians. Mm. But that's a tradition that somewhere in their history, yeah. some people knew, one generation knew, I don't know how many generations knew that it was Jesus who gave us the greatest gift. Mm-hmm. And so baby Jesus delivers the presence in the Czech Republic. Um, but just think about like that baby Jesus delivered the gifts to us, the gift of eternal life, the gift of being able to draw near to God, the gift of um, covering all our sins with his blood. I mean, it's such a gift. And yes, we're celebrating today. So much of the world is celebrating today, but it's a gift that we need to celebrate every day. So Michelle, would you pray? today about this? I will do that. Oh, Father God, we just come before you today humbled and um, and completely spent on the fact that mm-hmm. you love us this much that you would send your son in, um, in perfect form to be born of a virgin who was a human and that your your child your son Jesus would die on the cross one day and he would live among us knowing exactly how we felt how we thought know all about our our wants and our desires and yet was fully human and die on the cross for our sins nothing that he had done but for us god what what love Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us. God, we thank you. And I can't help but think that in this current, then as we we um, think about the incarnation, as we think about what you did for us, I can't help but remember sweet Anna and Simeon who were waiting mm-hmm. in the temple until the day that they could meet Jesus and meet this little baby who was fully human and fully divine. And you gave them that joy. They grasped it. They grasped it. They knew what what it was. They understood what you were doing. And they were so excited. Father, I just pray that today that excitement might grow in our hearts. And that we would see in that 
in all the Christmas plays that we attend, in the Christmas music that we listen to today and tomorrow, and especially tomorrow as we open up our gifts, may we just really open up the gift of Jesus first and foremost in our lives and in our families' lives. And may we behold you and proclaim you to the world. We love you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the greatest gift of life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading 1 John 4, verses 7 through 21. 1 John 5, then we go on to 2 John 1, and then move to 3 John 1. And you're listening to Daily Bible Podcast because of our partnership with Life Audio. You need to check out lifeaudio.com and see the other great Christian podcasts that are waiting for you. They have new ones added each month. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.